Hello and welcome to Backdoor Cover. Oh yeah, it's Micah. There's no Brad. There's no high porn. This is the first ever edition of Solo Backdoor Cover. Brad is getting married today. I'm not going to call him and bother him and make him call in. It's Saturday morning, the morning of Stipe Cormier 3. And I just don't think that we could miss the opportunity to talk about the biggest heavyweight championship fight in UFC history. I apologize we didn't get you another episode earlier this week, but I am here by myself. I'm going to break this down a little bit. We'll talk about just a couple other things. Uh, There's some college football news since we last recorded on Monday. Uh, But mostly I want to talk about the UFC card tonight. So here it is, Saturday morning. Welcome to Backdoor Cover. As always, call our hotline, 800-392-6344, 800-392-6344. If you have a question, if you have a comment, whatever it is. Uh, I had quite a night last night at Brad's rehearsal dinner. Uh, El Garz was present, and he was putting on a scene. We'll just say that. Everybody was socially distanced. Everybody was safe. We're running it back tonight for the wedding of Brad Key. We love this man. We're really excited about it. Okay. Uh, and then, of course, you know what else we're really excited about is the Micah's Read of the Week newsletter. The description or the subscription information is in the description to this podcast. Uh, I believe it's micahwiner.substack.com. I only continue to promo the, plug this, one, because I like doing it, and two, I think it's pretty good. So check it out. Micah's Read of the Week. It's a free newsletter. It comes to you every Monday. Basically just goes over all the things I've found interesting this week. Uh, a lot of sports stuff coming this week. So uh, subscribe now at the link in the description. All right, here we are. Uh, A versus DC for the third time. Uh, the odds have basically gone. This is essentially a pick em fight now. DC was a slight favorite to start. Uh, it's gone towards A a little bit. This is only the third heavyweight trilogy in UFC history. And uh, each fight has been for the championship. But before uh, Cormier and Miocic, it was Tim Sylvia versus Arlovsky. And Cain Velasquez versus Junior Dos Santos. Um, Velasquez won two of those three. Sylvia won two uh, twice against Orlovsky. These two guys are unbelievable, though. Um, Stipe, with a win tonight, could tie Randy Couture for the most victories in UFC championship fights. It's been uh, 938 days since Miocic has fought anybody other than Cormier, last uh, defeating uh, Francis Ngannou in 2018. I'm very excited for this fight. The first two fights were excellent, um, with DC getting a, a bit of an upset after... In the first one against, uh, he caught Stipe sort of like with an elbow on the way out of a clinch situation. Uh, fight two was was probably the more entertaining. Uh, DC dominated, or at least clearly convincingly won the first two rounds. Uh, and then uh, Stipe made some excellent, um, made some excellent adjustments. Ended up knocking out Cormier, uh, and now we're we're back. Uh, for the third round. The thing that I like about these two guys, they both fight at the highest level. Uh, they fight in a, like, they really address fighting. They take this thing very seriously. And they talk about their teams. It's always us versus them instead of me versus him. 
uh, when you hear him talking. So, you know, it's pretty exciting. Pretty exciting. Uh, Cormier has only lost to Miocic at heavyweight and John Jones. Um, Stipe has been, you know, the, the the argument and the selling point on this fight is that these are the perhaps this is this is a title. This is a fight to decide who the greatest heavyweight uh, in UFC history is, and the the case is pretty easy to make. Uh, especially for Stipe. He's the only man to have defended that heavyweight title three consecutive times. But if he loses a second time to DC, it would be hard to put him above DC in the all-time rankings. Uh, Cormier, of course, has only lost to John Jones in that, that fight to Stipe. Cormier, a former light heavyweight champion as well. Um, and what he continues to say is this, this is his last fight of his career, but he's said that three or four times. So, We'll see. I mean, I think there is a scenario where both these guys walk away and uh, after this fight, win or lose. So it's the biggest heavyweight championship fight I can remember. Um, and perhaps, you know, perhaps ever. Other ones that kind of stick up, uh, stick to mind, the first fight on uh, Fox between Velasquez and Junior Dos Santos. That was 2011. Um that was pretty good, but this is bigger. I mean, these two guys have done a lot. They're bigger names. Stipe is my guy. He's been my guy for years. I am riding with Stipe Miocic tonight. There is my official prediction for backdoor cover. Um, I I just think he's going to make. I think that he's he's going to make the the right decisions. He's a better striker. Uh, the other things at play here. They're they are fighting in a smaller octagon in Las Vegas in front of no fans. Uh, which is weird considering these are two dudes that could sell out any building they they fought in. Uh, the smaller octagon, because they're basically like in the UFC warehouse and can't hold a large octagon, uh, a lot of people seem to believe that that gives Cormier the advantage because he is a you know Olympic-caliber wrestler. Um, I don't know if I believe that. I mean, I think Stipe, Stipe will stand and, and throw, and, and it. I don't know. I, I still like Stipe tonight. Uh Cormier's, Cormier has a chance to really go down in history as being an all-time fighter uh, if he were to avenge his his recent loss to Stipe tonight. He, of course, uh, a national champion at junior college, a national champion at Oklahoma State, a two-time Olympian, uh, heavyweight championship in strike force, light heavyweight champion, heavyweight champion in the UFC. Uh, I still think you, you never hear DC's name without thinking about John Jones, the man that he couldn't beat, but we shall see. And, and inevitably, no matter who wins this fight, John Jones's name will be, um, tossed around because it always is. So the other fights on this card, in case you're, you're in Junior Dos Santos is actually fighting. Um, Herbert Burns fights Daniel Pineda. That should be a, a good fight on the, on the main card. The the probably the biggest star here is Sean O'Malley, who has basically come out of nowhere. He's Irish. He's long. He's lean. He's got a lot of power for a guy. I think he fights it's bantamweight, so I think that's one thirty five, fighting Marlon Vera. Uh, he's got unbelievable knockout power for a guy his size. He's got all sorts of swagger. He's selling merch. Uh, Sean O'Malley's one to watch. 
And I, I would imagine the UFC is going to put him in there with some guys he can knock out. So that's something to look forward to. That's on the main card. On the ESPN, ESPN Plus side uh, during the, the prelims, Jim Miller is probably the biggest name. He's fighting Vic Pichel, I guess. Uh, Felice Herrig is on this card. And then some other people I don't really follow. So the 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 big the big number two story behind this main event is Sean O'Malley. He's twenty five, uh, looking for his third win of the year, and uh, we'll see. the The guy he's fighting Vera is on a five fight uh, UFC winning streak. So, hmm, we shall see. Should be uh, should be fun. O'Malley is the biggest favorite on the card. People want to bet on this guy. And uh, so he's he sort of has the Takashi 619 hair and lots of tattoos at this point. Uh, so look out for that. Junior Dos Santos has lost two fights in a row. This could be sort of the end of his, his reign uh, as a former UFC champion. We'll see what happens. The, the guy he's fighting recently lost a 20-second knockout to Francis Ngannou. So... Um, should be, it's always fun to watch the big guys get in there and bang for my money. Anytime there is a heavyweight championship fight and especially involving Stipe Miocic, I am watching. I don't know how I'm going to watch tonight. That being said, hopefully someone will have it on their cell phone in the back of the building, uh, which is kind of a bummer because I, as I mentioned, I will be at Brad's wedding. Uh, the only other things going on right now, the NBA, the, the play in has been amazing. I'm sure we'll talk more about this when we record next. Um, and I'm sure Brad's got a lot of NBA takes. Obviously, you're watching this. The playoffs are listening to it here Saturday or Sunday. The playoffs start Monday, which is basically Christmas for basketball fans. There will be four games a day every day throughout the first round, which is amazing. So get excited about that if you're not already. The play-in game, the first play-in game, uh, first of possibly two, is tonight. Or is this afternoon, I think, Saturday at 2.30 Central Time or Eastern. Whatever. So, a lot of basketball. The basketball's compelling. The Suns go 8-0. The Spurs have a good showing. A lot of teams leave the bubble happier than when they came in, uh, which is is pretty cool. And, of course, Dame Lillard is probably the biggest story in the bubble, just been on fire, uh, dangerous, shooting from all over the court, willing his team to win, making defensive plays. Um, and now they, they are the 8 seed. They have to beat Memphis once in two tries, essentially, to make the playoffs. Uh, where they would face the Lakers. The Lakers could really use Avery Bradley and perhaps Rajon Rondo, uh, two very good defensive guards they have that are not playing at the moment. Avery Bradley Bradley sitting out the bubble as he had concerns about his daughter, um, who was high risk, I believe. Uh, Rajon Rondo broke his hand or has a hand injury. I'm not sure when he's coming back, but you would like to have some depth to, to throw some guys at those guards. Uh, so we'll see how that how that looks. We'll we'll know more on Monday. Uh, the first game of that series would be Tuesday. So that's the the quick basketball stuff. Since we last spoke, college football has sort of continued. ACC, Big Twelve, SEC are essentially planned to forge ahead. The Big Twelve has changed their schedule to uh, accommodate. Well, not to accommodate, but to. So it looks more like the SEC schedule where they're going to start the season a, a month late and then play conference games. Um, anyone who's bitching about not seeing bowl games or not the playoffs being messed up, who cares? If we get eight good football games this year, that's awesome. 
mean, I'm not even going to bitch that Missouri, uh, their two additional conference games turned out to be LSU and Alabama, which doesn't seem very fair. Apparently, there was a conference call yesterday where SEC football coaches were mad about the the way that uh, this happened Thursday. The issue of how each team's additional opponents were decided because the league was not being very uh, transparent on that. I don't know. This is an easy thing to complain about. Um, and if if this is the only thing we're complaining about and the SEC actually plays these games and Mizzou loses two extra games, nobody cares. I will say this. The more I think about it, well, there, there's sort of two schools of thought here. The Big Ten uh, canceled saying off the first domino quickly, followed by the, the Pac-12 canceling their season. Uh, the Big Ten, is their presidents are not a bunch of egghead academics. There are former uh, Republican governors that are presidents in that university. There are other people there that are not your traditional academics. So I've got to believe that there's reason for these decisions to be made. That being said, I don't hate the idea of let's push the season forward a month. Let's get these kids on campus. And let's see what happens. If there are major outbreaks at every university in the country, which, I mean, i got to think is like a, at least a 50% chance. Okay, I'm not optimistic of this, but if there's major outbreaks, then then you push the season. But if there aren't, and you can get these these football players and you can put them in, isolate them somehow and put them in a dorm or put them away from other people and test them enough, I think there might be a way to do it. And if they do it, the, the big... 10 and the the Pac-12 are going to look kind of silly and premature in a certain way. Um, but that being said, I, I I like the idea of saying let's push it a month and then give it a try. I don't like the chances of that actually working. I think we're going to end up playing in, in the spring. Um, but I, I don't see what the harm is to say, hey, let's, let's just see. I mean, I think you've got to get the kids on campus, including the student body, to see what the deal is. And, and there is a level of hypocrisy here that if you are a university president that you say, oh, we can't play sports, but we can play in our murals. Or like if it's too dangerous for us to play football, then we shouldn't have any kids on campus. Like let's just do online teaching and charge one-tenth the amount. And we all know none of that's going to happen. So, I mean, I, I, don't, I don't know the answer. I don't want to be in that position. I don't want to be the person making that call, but I, I do kind of appreciate it the opportunity that, that they're uh, the Big 12 and SEC are just going to say, and the ACC as well, let's give this a try. Let's wait a month. What's what's the harm? These kids are going to come back on campus anyway, and you know football players, you would think, would be on campus. That's how this is going to work, even if they're not going to play till the spring because they're college students. So let's get them on campus. Let's keep them trained. And uh, you know maybe if the thing doesn't blow up everywhere, then we can have football. Maybe maybe you get in a position where you say that maybe these kids can can isolate. I don't know. I mean, I, I don't like the chances of it, but I don't see what the harm is. And I I don't see the rush to cancel um, in mid-August. You know, if we come September 1st and kids come back on campus, then, you know, you cancel the whole thing. And, oh, well, you gave it a try. It just seems a little premature. Um. But I know there's a lot of moving parts and planning and logistics and all of that stuff. But I'm I'm sort of glad they're trying it. So uh, we'll see. So that's it. We're watching Steep A tonight. Uh, 
Call that hotline. Give us your takes. 800-392-6344. If you want to wish Brad a happy wedding, uh, today is his day. So we, uh, we love the guy. We're happy for him. Uh, we love his wife, or soon-to-be wife, Erin. And uh, it should be a, a good time in a safe, socially distanced environment tonight. Uh, hopefully, we can find a TV and get the pay-per-view. Okay, that's all. Thanks for listening to Backdoor Cover. Subscribe to the newsletter. If you like just listening to me talk, you should, of course, check out Mind of Micah, my podcast. We've got some stuff. We've got more stuff coming next week there as well. And uh, we are excited about football season if and when it comes. So tag along, tell a friend. We're about to ramp up and uh, be bringing you guys the best content we can bring you. Okay, until next time, mm, bye-bye, and thanks for listening.